From the concert halls to the juke joints, from churches to festivals in the fields, welcome to another episode of Bill Street Caravan, celebrating the sounds of Memphis for more than 20 years. Heard around the globe on NPR Worldwide. Major funding for Bill Street Caravan is provided by the AutoZone Corporation and Memphis Tourism. Hi, I'm your co-host, Pat Mitchell-Worley. And I'm Jared Boyd. This week on Bill Street Caravan, we have gospel duo, the sensational Barnes Brothers on the show with us. Grammy-nominated bluesman Guy Davis will be with us to deliver an installment of the Blues Hall of Fame, an exploration of the lives of the pioneers and innovators enshrined in the Blues Hall of Fame here in Memphis, Tennessee, brought to you by the Blues Foundation. That's all coming up right now on Bill Street Caravan. Hey, Pat. Hey, JB. This week, we've got a gospel duo who is on fire around town, the sensational Barnes Brothers. That's right. This tandem is celebrating the release of a debut record called Nobody's Fault But My Own. While this act might be new, as you might imagine, the two brothers, Courtney and Chris Barnes, have been singing together since childhood. Their musical story actually starts before that, as their parents, Deborah and Duke Barnes, found success in the 1980s as a duo singing in the local Seventh-day Adventist church circuit. Under their parents' direction, Chris, Courtney, and siblings Carla and Calvin would form their own little junior family band, performing under the name Joy. Isn't that sweet? I kind of like that name. The family's band eventually would abandon the Joy moniker, opting instead to be billed simply as the Barnes family. But they also picked up a new member, Calvin's wife, Misha. In 2014, the Barnes family released a contemporary gospel album. But the two Barnes who would go on to be known as our sensational Barnes brothers also had other interests, playing in local rock, R&B, and soul bands, most notably as one half of the unit that makes up Black Cream, who'd been featured previously on the Bill Street Caravan. But now, they've returned to their roots with a collection of Memphis gospel produced by big legal messes Bruce Watson and released on his new imprint, Bible Entire Recording Company. Yeah, and during the album's release party in which the brothers performed selections off the album, you could really sense the synergy between the two of them. Their rapport together spoke to a lifetime of performing with one another on stage. You could also sense the spirit of family on stage as the two brothers engage one another and the crowd. Well, we've got to share a bit of that with our family now, if you don't mind. And by that, I mean our listeners out there. So here are the sensational Barnes Brothers, live on Bill Street Caravan. One, two. Come 
Courtney and Chris, the sensational Barnes Brothers, live on Bill Street Caravan. Just as much 
slow I'm carrying So tired of this cross I'm bearing So tired of being misunderstood Nobody seems to care One of these points One of these old mornings One of these mornings I put on my robe The train moving I get on board the Bible and you go to church. Uh-huh. Said you don't have a lot of money or find automobile to ride in. Then he said, why do you do this? And I told him, I said, when you see me on my way, I said, I'm washing my That was the sensational Barnes Brothers live on Bill Street Caravan. For more info on the duo, visit fatpossum.com. We'll be back with more music from the brothers in just a bit. Up next, Grammy-nominated bluesman Guy Davis takes us through the life histories of the pioneers and innovators enshrined in the Blues Hall of Fame. This segment is brought to you by the Blues Foundation and is also available as a standalone podcast through iTunes. 
Two men in suits, Dave and Lou, stood at the bar, listening to Champion Jack sing out of the jukebox. They were in a ritzy New Orleans nightclub where Dave sometimes performed with his band. The place looked like a Moroccan palace, two stories high, painted pink stucco walls, balconies with shiny brass railing. Dave asked the bartender, where's the fat man? He hid away tonight, said the bartender. What's up, Dave? Showing my Hollywood pal the sights, Dave said, hooking his thumb toward a middle-aged white fella. Lou makes records in the other L.A. Dave and Lou left the big nightclub and walked further onto the fringe of the Upper Ninth Ward. A thick cloud of cricket and cicada chatter filled their ears. Two bridges made of steel girders shined in eerie electric light. Oil rigs pumped. The smell of chicken coops wafted. The men passed little houses with rows of collard greens growing in the yard. The street sign on the corner said it all. Desire. Looks like Sunset Boulevard next to what I seen in Guatemala, Lou said. I used to sell Lalo Guerrero records out of the trunk of my car. Went as far south as the people would buy. I'm fond of Latin spice myself, Dave said. Blends with the local gumbo. Not so fast, Pachuco, Lou said. You need a singer first. As they tiptoed across the railroad tracks, a sound reached their ears and shook their bones, almost like a locomotive. There he is, said Dave. The piano rhythm propelled them into a little bar, the hideaway. It looked like a good place to get lost, but nothing could keep Fats Domino from being discovered. Walking into the hideaway was like entering a cave. The ceiling sagged so low, Dave ducked to protect his hair. Brightly painted beer signs advertising Jack's, Dixie, and Champagne Velvet added the only splashes of color to the gray plank walls. Dave and Lou were the only suits in the room. Everyone else looked like they'd stepped right off one of those oil rigs. The piano man in the corner had on a patched-up denim jumper. A bare bulb took the place of a spotlight. Dressed like a conductor, said Lou. Driving that piano like a train. He's got a big beat, Dave said. I haven't heard a rhythm like that since Basie, said Lou. I hope he sings better than Basie. The fat man smiled at Dave and glanced toward Lou. He looked to Lou like a bouncy baby. Fats tore into the piano and belted out the tune Dave and Lou had just heard on the jukebox. Champion Jack Dupree's Junker Blues. The piano man tilted his head and looked into the crowd, smiling as bright as sunlight in the dank dance hall as he rocked on the stool and pounded the keys. Everybody swayed on the dance floor. The rhythm shook the beer signs, which happily bounced on the wall to the big beat. After the song, the piano player visited the two suits at their table. I never felt more charmed being in the presence of another human before, Lou said. Fat stuck out his hand, but could barely get I'm Antoine out of his mouth before Lou slapped down a long piece of paper. Fat shot a look at Dave like he'd been double-crossed. Dave laughed. Lou wants you to make records with us. Fats took a seat at the table. I'm not signing anything without royalties, he said. Lou grinned. Shrewd for a house pianist of a railroad shack. Much respect. 
Dave said, you ain't getting royalties on Champion Jack's song. My sister, she even told me, and my grandma told me to. The next morning, Fats worked his shift at Crescent City Bed Factory. He hammered together a box spring and thought about what Dave said. No royalties on a Champion Jack song. He had already juiced up the tempo. Champion Jack couldn't keep up with that. His big beat sounded stronger than a heavyweight. Fats hummed Junker Blues and started trying to put his own words on the tune. Where Champion Jack said, They call, they call me a Junker. Fats just substituted his own nickname. He moved to the next verse, where he couldn't sing about standing on the corner with a bunch of reefer in his hand like Champion Jack did. So Fats put himself at the heart of New Orleans, on the busiest corner in town, the spot people around the world knew. When he couldn't think of something to say, he soloed like Louis Armstrong without a cornet. Wah, 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 wah. Fats bumped around the mattress factory practicing his new song. He had half the guys there singing wah, wah, wah and laughing with him. After work, Fats walked home down the street to the lower ninth, past the levee along the canal. He stopped at the liquor store at the end of his block just to pitch a dime to Hattacall, the local wino. Fats spied a red Ford parked outside his little white cottage. He got closer and noticed a pair of gold loafers kicked up on the dash. Dave. Fats walked over to the driver's side. He stopped beside the open window. Dave was laid back, silently pushing the buttons on his trumpet. Without looking up, Dave asked, The fat man ready? Fats nodded. Lou gonna be down there? Dave said, Yeah, he is. After a splash of cold water and a change of clothes, Fats and Dave were riding over the canal bridge, bouncing like the hideaway. Their destination sat on the edge of the French Quarter. At the corner of Rampart and Dumaine was J&M Music. J&M belonged to a little Italian guy named Cosmo. He sold secondhand 78s, made records for a few bucks a pop, and let local DJs broadcast from his little studio to bring in business. Fats knew J&M. Many a time he'd fogged the plate glass outside as he watched Dave do his popular radio show, Shrimp and Gumbo. He never stepped inside, though. Fats couldn't afford the records. Now he was going to make one. They stepped into the tiny studio. Lou had a fidgety look about him. He beamed at Fats and said, There's the conductor. Fats felt like backing out. Cosmo could see nervousness shining on Fats' forehead. He grabbed his hand, patted his shoulder. Close your eyes and you're at the hideaway, Cosmo said. Don't worry about screwing up. Just go, he added, seating Fats down at the baby grand. The band could nail the song, but if the horns came in too loud or the vocals too soft, the record was no good, and Cosmo had no way to save it. Four horns crowded one mic. Drums and bass sat around the baby grand. A microphone dangled from the ceiling on a wire beside the stool. Fats got the piano rollicking. The drummer rode the snare and hi-hat. Every toe in the room tapped. Fats cocked his head sideways with that grin beaming and sang. Smiles filled the studio. Heads nodded to the beat, especially Lou. Right in the middle of the song, Fats asked, How do I sound? Cosmo shouted, Terrible! You just blew the take! The band hit the brakes. You told me not to worry about screwing up, Fats said. I lied, Cosmo said. You need to be perfect. 
Cosmo went to trash the disc and set up a new one. You played strong, but you talked too much, he said, returning to his control room. From behind the glass, Cosmo yelled, One more time, sans chit-chat at me. Cosmo picked up the disc, blew off the wax shavings, and handed it to Lou. Master for the master, Cosmo said. Lou didn't look so pleased. What's, what's the Wawa all about? Lou stammered. I don't get it. Dave spoke up. It ain't not a champion, Jack, he chuckled. That song had about as much to do with Jack Dupree as the Star Spangled Banner. Lou said, I don't know about all that. Dave said, just have to see what the people think. He took the disc out of Lou's hands. I'll drop it on shrimp and gumbo tonight. Fats was way too nervous to sit around and watch Dave do the show. He caught the bus back to the low nine. Everything looked the same. The grass levee, the tiny houses, the shimmering canal, greasy in the moonlight. Had a call, the wino perched on his crate outside the liquor store. Fats tipped his cap to the man. As Fats strolled on by, he heard Hadakal sing. Thanks for listening to the Blues Hall of Fame podcast, brought to you by the Blues Foundation. The Blues Hall of Fame podcast is produced by Bill Street Caravan for the Blues Foundation, written by Preston Lauterbach and voiced by Guy Davis. For more information on the Blues Foundation, go to blues.org. Caravan has brought the sounds of Memphis to public radio airwaves for more than 20 years. And now you can see what we've been talking about. Check out our series of digital shorts through our website or go to iListenToMemphis.com. iListenToMemphis is about Memphis music today, the people who make it, and the places and culture that fuel it. iListenToMemphis.com. AutoZone is proud to support Bill Street Caravan and many other arts organizations that strengthen the greater Memphis community. Parts are just part of what we do. AutoZone.com. Bill Street Caravan is also supported by awards from Memphis Travel, Tennessee Arts Commission, Arts Memphis, and Tennessee Tourism. TennesseeVacation.com. The soundtrack of America was made in Tennessee. 
We're back, and for those of you who are just tuning in, we've got Courtney and Chris Barnes, the sensational Barnes brothers on the show. This debut record as a duo, in some ways, has been in the making long before the Barnes Brothers were. Yeah, I mean, while all the recordings are new, the compositions aren't. The album is made up of covers from the catalog of Designer Records, a fairly obscure Memphis gospel enterprise from the 1970s. Big Legal Mess has issued compilations from the label's archive recordings in recent years, and this go-around, the Barnes Brothers reinterpreted the label's material for a new audience. And you can tell that they really connected with the concept of bringing new life to these old gospel gems that very few gospel fans even knew existed. So much so that the Barnes say they set aside the song, Let It Be Good, to sing with their father. They say the song's original performer sounded like their dad, and the song's message sounded a lot like his lessons. Duke Barnes joined his sons for the recording of the track, accenting the album with his blessing just mere months before passing away. He was 65 years old. Chilling. It looks like his voice and his lessons will continue to guide his sons, especially in this new phase of their career. One of the most uplifting moments of the night of the album release came from the strength between the two brothers to sing the song that they dedicated to their father. Yeah, it was a very special and tender moment on a wonderful night. Let's listen back into the concert. It was just beautiful. Here's more from the sensational Barnes Brothers, live on Bill Street Caravan.
Street Caravan, we've got Courtney and Christopher Barnes, the sensational Barnes brothers. Brothers, how y'all doing today? Doing well, Good. doing well. I know y'all can't sit still since this record has been out. How's the response been? How's the reception been? The reception for this album has been amazing, awesome. Seasons change, definitely. How do you kind of compartmentalize what you might do on your own, your own individual talents with what you might have done as a greater family as Joy or the Barnes family and Black Cream and also as now the sensational Barnes Brothers? Is there a philosophy in being able to break those different repertoires down or do you just sort of let it flow? I think it's really all just a thing of music, getting together with different people who got different ideas, but it all essentially is just music. To try to compartmentalize the certain entity that we're doing, whether it be Black Cream or the Barnes family or the Sensation of Barnes Brothers, I think that would not be doing ourselves justice because that's not how we were really brought up. We were brought up in the church and we sing gospel music, but our love for music expands uh, those genres. We talk a bit about this partnership uh, with Bible and Tire. How did this all come together between you and, and Bruce Watson? We were currently working with Bruce, not directly, kind of indirectly with him uh, on other projects. And as it's been written and uh, stated, Bruce said that Courtney and I were an inspiration for him to begin this new label, Bible and Tire. And I think it's just his innovative thinking and wanting to do something, I guess you would call it fresh. It's been done before, but uh, with talent like Courtney and I, uh, fresh new faces and presenting this music, which is music that Courtney and I grew up listening to. This record was compiled with music that was previously uh, written and recorded for designer records. What was that process like to be able to sit down to a lot of those archival recordings and breathe new life into it? It was just a, a process of really just getting a chance to listen to different styles of writing and choosing songs that we felt that we could do a decent job at singing and putting our thing on it. And uh, the recording process of it was just as quick as the picking of the songs. <laughs> we talk a bit uh, about Let It Be Good. Uh, could you speak a bit about how that song was conceived and how that recording came into reality and sort of the sentiment behind it? So Let It Be Good is a track on the album which features uh, our father, Calvin Duke Barnes. He's a staple in the gospel community here in Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, he and my mother, Deborah Barnes. Uh, so while Courtney and I were going through the music to pick out to record, this one song, Let It Be Good, stood out to us because it's a message that our father oftentimes gave to us. He would say, if not these exact words, the message was, whatever you're gonna do in life, you know, make sure you're doing good. Hearing this song, the guy that actually sung the song, he sounded a lot like our father. And it was a no-brainer in our selecting the songs that we would record for this album. So that's pretty much the sentiment behind choosing this song. And two months after recording, our father passed, which gave this track more significance. 
well, I know for fans of you guys who've been following you, especially in the last year, there's one big elephant in the room is what's next for Black Cream and how mm-hmm. you guys can sort of juggle being a duo and also being a part of, of a quartet that's, that's made a lot of waves in the city. Well, Black Cream, we're in the process of getting ready to record an album. So that's a good, we're excited about that. Uh, we know a lot of people have been waiting on, including ourselves. And uh, Sensational Barnes Brothers, you know, we're getting a lot of interviews and dates, gigs, and different things. You know, opportunities are being presented, and we're just trying to keep moving so that we can take on these different things that people may have to offer. The message behind most of it is love, and I think that's what we want to put out. Well, thank you, brothers. Thank you. Thank you, you, sir. Great to see you. Here's more from the Sensational Barnes Brothers live on Bill Street Caravan.
I'm gonna give Will something. Gonna give me something.
I'll give it up for this band. Just to go. I keep on singing. 
That was the Sensational Barnes Brothers, live on Bill Street Caravan. For more info on the brothers, head over to fatpossum.com. They've been spreading their spirit around the Mid-South, and we suppose that they won't stop reaching out with their soulful voices there. That's right. Keep them on your radar. They might be coming around your way soon. Special thanks to our supporters, AutoZone, Memphis Tourism, Arts Memphis, Tennessee Arts Commission, and Tennessee Tourism for their support in making Bill Street Caravan possible. We like to remind our listeners to please show your support for public broadcasting. You won't find programming like this anywhere else. You can find Bill Street Caravan on all the social media outlets. Do you love Memphis music? Tell us why and use the hashtag #IListenToMemphis. Go to our website at BillStreetCaravan.com and sign up for our monthly newsletter to find out where the caravan is going to be next. And you can always keep up with Bill Street Caravan via our podcast that's available through iTunes. We'll be back next week, so until then, I'm Pat Mitchell-Worley. And I'm Jared Boyd. And you've been listening to the sounds of Memphis on Bill Street Caravan. Mm-hmm.